bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otterville. And now, today's word. Uh, today, my message is titled, The Shepherd Leader. The Shepherd Leader. It's going to be a two-part message. I will do part two next week. The Shepherd Leader. In the Bible, leadership is frequently modeled after the work of the shepherd. In the days of the Bible, society was basically agrarian. Uh, people worked in the farm, uh, cultivated crops, and then reared animals. And so for the people of the Bible in Israel, uh, they saw leadership from their immediate surroundings. And the shepherd became the model for what leadership is all about. Every society has a model for leadership. Every society. And that model influences the way the people understand and practice leadership. It is my contention that in Ghana and probably most of Africa, our model of leadership is chieftaincy. So when a person becomes a chief, they think about ruling, they think about titles, and they expect praise singing. Uh, it is a model that is so ingrained culturally in our society that any time people rise into leadership, uh, instead of leading, they rule. And, 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 and there is a big difference between ruling and leading. Ruling is bringing things down. Leading is taking things forward. So when a person uh, is obsessed with ruling, and there's nothing wrong, ruling can be done in a good way, but when, when a person is obsessed with it, they're always trying to bring people under them. And that is why we even call our governmental leaders rulers instead of leaders. Because in our mind, a leader is a chief. Now, all of us, consciously or unconsciously, practice that form of leadership to different degrees. And uh, one of the biggest problems for Africa is leadership. And one of the reasons why leadership is a problem is because of the model of leadership and how we see it. So even when we are criticizing others, we are actually practicing the same model because it is within the culture of the people. Now what we are hoping to do is that in this year, we would start looking at a different model to pattern our leadership after. Not only in the church, but in our organizations, in our workplaces, in our homes, uh, in, in, in government, wherever we are, we would have a different model for leadership. And that would be what I call the shepherd leader. The shepherd leader is also called a servant leader. 
a leader who serves, a leader who serves. And this is how Jesus modeled his leadership. And I, if you look at our main artwork, which we're using this year, the centerpiece is Jesus Christ as shepherd. So we'll go to our main text for that, which will be John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 11 to verse number 16. John chapter 10, verse 11 to verse number 16. This is Jesus Christ describing himself and his work and how he saw his relationship with his followers. John chapter 10, John is in the New Testament of your Bible, the fourth book of the New Testament. John chapter 10, verse 11 to 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Very interesting, uh, the way Jesus describes himself. He describes himself as a shepherd, a shepherd. A shepherd is one who cares for the sheep. Someone who takes care of sheep. Now, in real terms, the shepherd is a human being and the sheep are animals. So, in real shepherding, they don't have the same nature. One is a human being who is supposed to be superior and the sheep is supposed to be inferior. Yet, the shepherd and the sheep build a relationship that shows us how we also can build relationship with followers. God himself used that model to show Israel how to lead, or the leaders of Israel how to lead. Jesus, uh, David saw that as a reflection of his relationship uh, with God and he memorialized it in that a very popular Psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's very interesting because normally when we think of the sheep and the shepherd, we're thinking basically of the shepherd eating the sheep. But uh, here he says, the Lord is my shepherd, he doesn't eat me, but I shall not want. Jesus says that the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, 
In this passage, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. The good shepherd. Uh, that word good uh, in, in the original language means genuine, authentic. The shepherd that is genuine. In other words, there are other shepherds that are not genuine. And there are five things that he says the shepherd does. First is sacrifice. Sacrifice. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Every shepherd leader is a sacrificial leader, a servant, who gives his life to his assignment or to his sheep or to his followers. Shepherd leaders are sacrificial. Sacrifice is not just about giving up something. It is giving up something in order to gain something better. So the shepherd leader is always futuristic. He's thinking about the future, not just about present satisfaction. They see the price ahead and pay the price now. And it is that sacrifice that convinces the follower that they are truly following the right person. And, and, and when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep. I mean, in real terms, the life of the shepherd is more precious than the sheep. He's a human, they are animals. You cannot think of the human dying for the animals. If anything, the animals die for us. That's why we read them in the first place, for them to die for us, to eat. But Jesus says, in the model of the shepherd leader, the leader sacrifices for the follower. Not the other way around. I am the good shepherd, I lay down my life. Sacrifice. Second thing he says about himself as shepherd is, I know my sheep, intimacy. He's emotionally connected to the people he serves. Shepherd leaders know their sheep. They're emotionally connected. They know the fears, the hopes of their people and what makes their people do what they do. They don't just stand in front of the people, they live the emotions of the people. There's a lot of empathy, fellow feeling between the leader and his follower. Third thing Jesus says about the shepherd leader is he says, I am known by my own trust. The people trust me. The people identify and they trust him because of consistency. When many of the followers of Jesus Christ left him, Peter said in John chapter 6, verse 68 to 69, says, the Bible says, but Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. We have come to believe and know who you are, so we're going nowhere. That is what every leader wants people to say. I've come to believe and know who you are, and I'll trust you. 
Now, what all of us should ask ourselves is, when people use that statement and say, I've come to believe and know who you are, what will the next sentence be? I've come to believe and know who you are. Would they say, I trust you? Or I don't trust you? I know who you really are. I don't trust you. Or I know who you really are. I trust you. If you are a shepherd leader, people are going to say, I know who you really are. I trust you. If you are not, they say, I know who you really are. I don't trust you. I remember having a conversation once with uh, uh, somebody who is a politician. And that does not mean all politicians are like that. But no, that was my story. And this politician was talking about another politician in the same party he's in. So he's not, this is not talking about your opponent or the opposition. This is my real party man. And he says to me, Pastor, when this person mentioned his name, tells you to look up, look down. Now what he's saying is, I've come to know him. I don't trust him. So when people say, I really know you, would trust be the next thing they say, or don't trust him. Somebody say, oh, I know that man. I know him like my palm. Don't trust him. But Peter said, we have come to know you and to believe you, and we're going nowhere. Because we trust you. My sheep know my voice, and I am known. I am not a secret to them. I am known. That's what every shepherd leader must seek for. So that those who look up to us will be able to say, we have come to believe and know who you are. And we trust you. The fourth thing Jesus says about the shepherd leader is that he's enterprising. Jesus says, other sheep I have that I must bring in. Other sheep which are not of this flock. In other words, what I have is not all that I can have. I need to work to increase what I have. The shepherd leader never stops growing himself or herself. They keep improving. They keep growing. They keep expanding and expanding what they have. There are people who see their mission only as maintaining what they have. But Jesus saw his mission as growing what he had. He's an entrepreneur. He has entrepreneurship. I don't just keep, I grow. That's the fourth thing he says about himself. And the last thing is loyalty. Loyalty. He says there will be one flock, one shepherd. It almost sounds like something we just heard. One flock, one shepherd. Sometimes I get mischievous. Lord, deliver me. Now, that's loyalty. One man, one wife. So, so what Jesus is saying is, that the, for the shepherd leader, he doesn't just keep changing flock. He doesn't just keep moving around. Uh, oh, yeah, next time he sees, oh, another flock is nice. Let me change and go and, and, and work with that flock. He says, the flock I have, I'm going to be committed to them. I'm going to be committed to them. I'm going to be committed to what I have. It's going to be one flock, one shepherd. Loyalty, 
dedication, commitment. So for Jesus, the model of leadership for Jesus was a shepherd leader. Sacrifice, intimacy, trust, enterprise, loyalty. Then he says, contrast himself with another kind of leader, which he calls the hireling. The hireling, simply meaning one who has been hired. The one who has been hired. The hireling, one who only works for reward. Now Jesus is saying, I'm the good shepherd, that's one side, but there is the other side, the hireling. He works purely to earn a living. He does the work of a shepherd, but doesn't have the heart of a shepherd. So when you see the hireling, they will both be leading sheep. So they will appear to be all shepherds, but one is doing it because they love the sheep. The other is doing it because they love themselves. But they all seem to be doing the same job. And Jesus said the hireling has a totally different attitude from the good shepherd. And it's very easy to be a hireling. One who is hired to do a job. Now what did he say about a hireling? The first thing about a hireling is that he's deceptive. He's not a shepherd. His heart is not in what he's doing. He only puts up appearances. He pretends to work when there are people watching but goes to sleep when no one is watching. Everything about him or her is for a show. There is no genuine care. So the man who, who employed the hireling is watching. The hireling is going around calling the sheep. Hey, sheep, hey, sheep, come here. And making all kinds of noise and appearing to be working. The man is not there. He's sleeping under the tree. He's a hireling. He only pretends to work, but will never work when nobody is watching. Just by that first description, you know that the world is more full of hirelings than shepherds. Our world is more full of that. And don't try to point at somebody and say, he's a hireling, I'm a shepherd. We are all involved. So the first thing you need to see about the hireling is that the hireling is, is deceptive. He just works for show. Second is that he's detached from the, shep, from the sheep. He does not care for the sheep. Jesus calls them strangers to the sheep. He's emotionally disconnected, does not feel what they feel. It's not really concerned. And he only work when he's promised the reward. Now, I believe in getting a good salary. I think it's good for everybody to work and, and be paid well. And I think uh, in, in it's good to work and, and to get your salary when you're due. And you sign a contract, you get paid a contract. That is all right. That is to be expected. But when your only persuasion for work is money. You are a mercenary. You are a hireling. That's what, what you are. 
You work for the highest bidder. Not for where your heart is, but where you are paid the most. Now many of us go about you know, looking for work and it's good to look for work and it's good to look for a good paying work, but is your heart in it? Is your heart in it? Is it something you really feel passionate about? Are you really interested in the work or in the money? Now, if you're only doing it because of the money, then you are hiling. You are hiling. Not a true shepherd leader, but a hiling. So the, the hiling is detached. The hiling is disloyal. He leaves the sheep and flees. He does not stand to fight when things get tough. When things get tough, he's thinking of the way out. And the hireling is a destroyer. He allows the sheep to be scattered. He opens the door to destroyers. Brings in people who take advantage of his sheep. And sometimes he actually participates in destroying the sheep. So Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm not a hireling. Now can we also say, I'm a good shepherd. I'm not a hireling. Wherever you work, are you a shepherd or a hireling? Pastors, teachers, nurses, doctors, politicians, carpenters, hairdressers, are you a shepherd or a hireling? Is your heart in it or your money is in it? If you were not paid for what you were doing, would you do it? That's one question to ask yourself to really determine where your heart is. If you were not paid for what you were doing, would you do it? If you say, no way, no way. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be paid. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that it's wrong for you to get a salary. And I'm not saying it's wrong for you to ask for salary increase when you are due it. I'm, all of that is legitimate. But if you were not paid, would you do it? If you wouldn't, your heart is not in it. And you cannot be a great leader when you are doing something your heart is not involved in. You cannot be. You'll be mediocre and average forever. Great leaders always have their heart in what they are doing. Leadership doesn't start from making money. It starts from having a heart, a passion, a commitment towards something that you believe in, that you are ready to die for. I'm not saying literally go and kill yourself. But what I'm saying is the passion should be so strong that you are ready to put everything in you on the line for that thing. You don't hold back. You give it all. But if you don't give it all and you're always holding back and you're always two-timing, then you're not a shepherd. You look like one, but you are highly. And there are many hirelings. As a matter of fact, there are more hirelings than shepherds. I hope that by the end of this year, 
we will transition from just being hirelings to become shepherds, shepherd leaders. Apart from Jesus, David was a good example of a shepherd leader. David uh, was probably one of the examples uh, in the Old Testament, the good ones, of a shepherd leader. And I want us to just look at David's example. We would uh, read a few passages of scripture uh, and, and show you David's example. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reign over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. I want you to note that I have provided myself a king among his sons. Verses 6 and 7 of the same first Samuel chapter 16. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at their heart. Note that phrase, the Lord looks at their heart. Then verses 10 and 11. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. Note that phrase. There he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, bring, send and bring him for we will not sit down till he comes here. There he is keeping the sheep. Now you go to 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 34 to 36 when David is now uh, going to confront uh, Goliath. Look at his qualification that he puts out. This is his resume, his CV. 1 Samuel 17 34 to 36. But David said to, Sam, uh, to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Few things I want to bring to your notice. First is that leadership develops from the heart. Leadership develops from the heart. God looks to the heart. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebe, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.